Welcome to Pod Sing Sang, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, where every week we watch and discuss episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm your host, Jen, joined by my co-hosts, Steph, Nicole, and Abby. Today, we'll be discussing the closing of Book 1, which is Water. So, that's Book 1, Chapter 20, The Siege of the North, Part 2. From the Avatar Wiki, After successfully capturing Aang, Zuko struggles to find shelter on the frozen waste of the North Pole. Meanwhile, as the Vire Nation invades the city, Sokka, Katara, and Yue search for the prince and Aang. As Aang's returning spirit guides them to their location, they save him and return to the spirit oasis, though are too late to stop Admiral Zhao from slaying the moon spirit's mortal form, causing the moon to vanish and all waterbenders to lose their ability to bend. Enraged, Aang combines himself with the ocean spirit Law and obliterates the entire Fire Nation armada. Meanwhile, Princess Yue, who was imbued with some of the energy of the moon spirit when she was a sickly newborn, sacrifices her life to restore it to life. As the moon returns in the sky, La releases Aang, though upon retreating to the oasis, ambushes Zhao, who refused to allow Zuko to save him, and drags the Admirable under the surface with him. After the battle's conclusion, Team Avatar journeys on, while Zuko decides to call off his pursuit of the Avatar for a while. Meanwhile, in the Fire Nation, a young woman receives an assignment from Fire Lord Ozai. Alright, so we have reached the season one finale. I did not think this day would get here. (laughs) Let's be real, I'm proud of us. We hit, this is our our 21st episode, this is the 20th Mm -hmm. episode of the series. Yes. Yeah. Good job, us. We did the thing. We actually did the thing. <laughs> if this goes south next week, it's like we did an entire season. We did, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's enough, y'all. <laughs> we hit the milestone. We're done. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we didn't just say that we were gonna do it. We actually did it. Did it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, and of course, this is part two um, mm-hmm. from last week's episode. And the first thing that I was thinking about was, I'm just going to start randomly, just like the color palette of this mm. episode. Yeah. Of course, we have the blues because we're in the North Pole. And then the spirit world is like these warm yellows. Mm-hmm. And then when the, the one fish is stolen, we have the red moon and there's like the red color palette. And then when they're fighting, when he ha- after Zhao kills Tui or La, I don't remember. Tui, oh, Tui. I think. Um, you know, it's all gray. And then I really loved when it was all gray because the only illumination and the only time we saw color was the the fire. Mm-hmm. And then it was also cool because like Yue's eyes were also not like her eyes still stood out where it's like Sokka and Katara both have blue eyes too, but it was like her eyes were still colored. Mm-hmm. And it was just like really interesting. Like whoever the, the colorist of this episode must have had a field day and did a really great job. And like I actually got emotional watching this episode. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I cried. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I cried when, like, No, Yue. I did too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I agree about the color palette. It did a very good job of kind of, like, an eerie quality mm-hmm. when everything was black and white. And then Yue's eyes really did stand out to show that yeah. she still had that part of the moon spirit still mm-hmm. within her. And, um, like, I was so uncomfortable during the red scene. Mm, yeah. like it, you know it served its purpose and I was trying to remember I was like is this the palette for like the rest of this whole moment until Aang emerges as the larger spirit because mm-hmm. I was like I don't like this I was like it's too mm-hmm. horror filmy for me yeah 
And then also, uh, notably, this was the final episode that Dave Filoni, I think, I think that's how it used yeah. to mm-hmm. This was the final episode of the series that he was on. And after this, he left to go direct on Star Wars Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And like now he's most famous for kind of being the guy behind the Mandalorian. And I mentioned yeah. him like once before, but it was like sad. And it was cool that, you know, he kind of was a huge part of the series. And then now he's he went on to do a lot of bigger things. But yeah, this was like his final episode of the show. Good job, Dave. Yeah, it was a really <laughs> powerful episode. And I think even the colors symbolizing just the loss of, I think it tied a lot to human civilization and reliance on nature too, and how it impacted bending and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. just like the imbalance, I think was really even more powerful with the color. Mm-hmm. I think that, that was really cool. And that's not something that I really yeah. notice often. But it was very yeah. uh, well done in this episode, mm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been cool for me to see the, again, it's like Dave Filoni, he directed the first episode and now he directed the final of the season. Because I'm not quite sure, I was trying to remember um, what the situation was, where of course the the Blue Spirit would have been the possible series finale if the show hadn't been renewed for like the Mm -hmm. second half of the season and I assume by the time this episode came out they had already greenlit at least again at least the first half of season Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. because again I think people think green lighting for a series or a film means you get a whole lump sum and it's like make the thing and it's like that's not how it works like you get funding for like the next chunk of stuff so it's good to see because I was thinking about that too where I was like oh if this had been the final of the entire show you know, it would have been more satisfying than Blue Spirit oh. for sure, but obviously yeah. it still would have been very upsetting. Definitely. And then uh, I guess like just starting, just like going into the actual episode. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. as usual, a lot mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. <laughs> we found out where Zuko was walking uh, so conveniently in a yeah. cave that just happened to be in the middle of the fucking tundra. <laughs> He's like, look, there's, there's shelter. He wasn't, he wasn't walking to the cave, That's though. Just, he was walking to nowhere. He was just walking nowhere. He wasn't walking to the cave. Bitch got lucky. He did get lucky. He was walking to the surface of thin ice. <laughs> Honestly, Sokka had more faith in Zuko than Zuko had faith in himself. Oh, he, yeah. Because Sokka's just like, Zuko's not going to die. Like, he's too stubborn. And, like, Zuko's probably just like, yes. I might fucking die. I'm going to die. I didn't think this through. Sokka is so funny. He's like, Zuko can't have gotten far. It's like, yeah, it's true, because it's fucking snowing, and he's carrying Aang on his back with no ship, no fucking bice, like, literally nothing. Yeah, and I feel like people, it's like he almost died, like, 14 (laughs) times, like, literally, like, an hour ago. Like, you know, he had just been in really freezing cold water, to be fair. He does have, like, the breath of life kind of technique, you know. I'm sure he warmed his body, but he also had recently been in that whole bombing. He's still injured from that. Yeah. It's like, bro, you probably have, like, your muscles must just actually be really sore, too. Yeah. He's on, like, death's doorstep. (laughs) Yeah. And he just doesn't stop. Yeah, and it's like his one good eye is fucked yes. up right now, too. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's a determinator. Like, he just, like, will not... <laughs> a determinator. That's lemonade, Mel. Get the like... hell out of here. No, that's, that's not like... a word. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, was that a lemonade, Mel? Because <laughs> we're the only friends you have that would understand that. <laughs> it's also a thing on TV tropes. Don't don't at me. <laughs> okay. Lemonade Mouth is a great movie. I don't know what you're no. talking about. It is a good movie. Yes, we unironically like, we, we love, not even like, we love Lemonade Mouth. It's a good movie. It's like. a good movie, yeah. The songs yes. are properly boxed. Oh my god. 
I thought you misspoke. I thought you were trying to say Terminator, and I'm like, did no. you really forget? Like, what's no, Determinator. Is he is okay. It's true. He's very determined. Sokka was not wrong yeah. with his assessment. Yeah. He's like, if we know anything, it's that Zuko will never give up. We know that Zuko's got to turn the world into his dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> God. We're gonna apply oh, the Determinator lyrics to Zuko in a blog post. It's gonna happen. Steph, you need to make an AMV. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Get on that. You haven't made one in years, I bet. I have not. You know, okay, this doesn't need to go to the episode, but I'm so <laughs> mad because I made a really good AMV of like the season, like the show finale, like those four episodes of Avatar yeah. The Last Airbender. And I put it on YouTube and it got taken down. And then wow. the um the hard drive it was on oh, no. was lost. So I'll never Aww. I don't have it anymore. And it was so oh, good. No. Yeah. I have such Not fond to- memories of that. that I know. Not to AMV. toot my own horn, but like it was really remastered. Good. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Or AMV I know I should right? redo it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do the youth still make AMVs? It's called they TikTok. Do, I think. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right. Well, we just dated ourselves several times over. Uh, yes, he made Whoa. it to the cave. Oh, the he cave. Made it to the cave. And then, like, he just starts monologuing it. Ang. <laughs> monologuing. I'm like, who are you talking to? not even conscious like yeah I'm like you're talking to yourself Zuko's a theater kid okay he can't oh help it gosh. yeah you're right I was like this monologue is literally for the purpose of the last five seconds of the episode yeah Man. yeah and it sets up Azula I wrote a I bullet guess. point in my notes I yeah. said hey Azula H-A-Y <laughs> good to see you <laughs> there was a weird instance at the beginning when they cut back to everyone else back at the in the city Mm. They, like, lingered on Momo for, like, a weird moment, and it made me remember that there had been a plot point that they wanted where Momo was supposed to be a reincarnation of Monkey Otto, oh. and they never actually address it, or, like, you know, it's one of those things now that I think fans kind of accept as, like, informal canon, hmm. but that had been a thing when Momo was, like, trying to defend him and whatever, and then, like, yeah. Momo was really sad, and, like, his Momo moments this episode were, like, just, like, sad little Momo moments. And he came in clutch and like yeah. jumped on yeah. Zhao's face, but like And they played his theme, that was so funny. I know. That was such a funny tonal shift because this guy's yeah. also kind of monologuing and giving himself titles mm-hmm. for history books and then like a fucking like little monkey rodent like jumps on his face. Good job. <laughs> Zhao is such like an arrogant yeah. piece of shit. Like yeah. Iroh said it where he's like the whole world relies on the moon. Like, I don't know if he thought through the actual consequences yeah. of killing the moon beyond that people would remember him as the person. That's that true. Because the then it's like, yeah. yes, he's the person that killed the moon and subsequently destroyed entire civilization of people because we need the moon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It made me wonder if he only realized, like, if he was leaning towards, like, spiritual stuff where he was like, it doesn't fucking affect me, where it's just like, no, like, scientifically, mm. it's also important. I don't you know need if it. you don't believe in science. Science? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was like, I had that Science moment. doesn't exist. Yeah. Literally the only person who believes in science is Sokka. Yeah. I think so. That might be it. I'm just like, yeah. the Fire Nation is an island nation. Mm-hmm. I guess, do they understand that the moon affects, like, the tides? Like, do they That's not- why- 
Yeah, I I was like actually wondering that. I'm like, how much does he actually know about? Because he must know that like the moon and the ocean spirits mm-hmm. are a set. Because he found yes. that underground library that I wonder if we'll see again in the future. <laughs> but uh, huh. um, so I don't know. I'm just like, did you not think what this would mean? The, the answer, answer is no. no. All he cared about was like his own personal glory. I mean, that makes sense. I feel like we that today with like a lot of environmental decisions with the moon being the first waterbender there could be an argument that as fire nation he legitimately does not know that the moon affects the tides because like a lot of the nations sort of keep these nation secrets to themselves it seems like no one outside the fire nation knew that the dragons were the first firebenders like in the earth kingdom that the badger moles are the first earthbenders they kind of had Toph tell them that and then she was like so who were the firebenders oh it was dragons yeah. they had Yue tell them oh the moon was our waterbender so maybe other people don't actually know there's no common core world history curriculum there might have been a hundred years ago yeah, yeah like there might have been back in the day and then it got burned yeah <laughs> then everything changed when the fire nation attacked. even the fire nation they benefit from mm-hmm. lunar and solar eclipses as well so yeah. it's even like at a base level it's just like you still benefit from the moon even just like those random days where you are like super powered or i guess arguably then it's like there are days where they're depowered um because mm-hmm. of the moon you know right. that obviously mm-hmm. comes into play mm-hmm. in the future but i don't know it's still like i don't know fucking ego of this guy yeah i thought it was interesting that even if he hadn't failed like if he had actually succeeded in killing the moon forever like technically it would have been true that he would have gone in the history books as the moon slayer just with a entirely different tone than he was expecting for sure yeah Mm -hmm. well i'm glad he's dead yeah (laughs) i was glad iroh this was like they've been hinting at iroh you know of course we when he was kidnapped by Mm -hmm. the earth soldiers he saw roku's dragon fang Mm -hmm. in spirit form and like you know we've known that iroh there was like more to his story right and this one was the first time it was like explicitly i feel like said and it it actually made me kind of be very interested in reading a prequel comic or something about iroh's like not upbringing Mm -hmm. but you know just like it's just something about his past how he became Mm -hmm. the way he is yeah because it was like really interesting and i'm glad Mm -hmm. you know he's like the rare example of like he chose the betterment of the planet over his people you know or whatever or like the the military you know Mm -hmm. and i think this is the first time i mean we saw him fight that time that he got kidnapped a little bit but i feel like this is the first time you got to Mm -hmm. he like took down those four guys in like two seconds and just when he was like whatever you do to that spirit i'll unleash on you tenfold that's a threat and i was like oh shit that is a serious threat because and like they hint also that he's more of a neutral character but i guess is this like the first time you see him go i know you basically just said this but this is the first time that you see him go against the fire nation right in front of the fire nation like, yeah because everything else is kind of behind doors or mm. yeah yeah behind the scenes you yeah. he hints about things like he'll be like oh if we go to the fire nation waters right that's not good like that kind of stuff but that seems to yeah. be more that was a little more like looking out for zuko's well-being well yeah that's like zuko yeah. you have to follow the rules of your own banishment like <laughs> You know, he drops things implying he doesn't think highly of this or that, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen him actually act, act against. against. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the fight between Zhao and Zuko. 
at the end. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the color palette also made it very cool visually. But, I mean, he was like, you're alive? But just, like, you know, he thought Zuko was dead. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, was like, such a shock to see him standing there. And calling out yeah. loud, like, you're the blue spirit. Yeah. You're, you know, a mm-hmm. traitor or whatever. Yeah. Dead. And he acknowledged it to Zuko. Yeah. yeah. That he was a blue spirit. I feel like at that he point. He does not deny it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's no point. Yeah. I had no choice. I think it was the end, though, when um when he wanted to save Zhao. It's like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's just because he's like a good That's person. That's true, but why would you want to do that? Like, he just tried to <laughs> kill all of humanity. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that doesn't answer my question. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, he did deserve to die, but I guess... Uh-oh. Well, remember, he doesn't technically die. I have, well, hmm. You oh, we never it. we never see him again in oh. this show. Yeah, so no, he's gone from aver- he's gone from Aang's story. Okay. For all intents That's and purposes, good. he's he's dead. Yes. Yeah. He comes back in Korra as an Easter egg. Okay. Like, yeah. We That's really him. it. Um, I really liked when Aang first was in the spirit world and then mm-hmm. that rude ass, but understandably Ooh. rude ass baboon spirit where I uh-huh. was like, one, I understand why you're annoyed, but two, you're kind of mean and you probably know he's the avatar. And then three, I just really like when there are characters like this where you're just <laughs> like, is that, is that it? Yeah. Like, it's just like, they're just here for this thing and that's it. And arguably that's what Ko, the face dealer, is too. Yeah. Um, but this guy, I don't know, it's just really funny because it's just like, we never see him again. shiny thing. Yeah, he was so funny. Go chase it and leave me the fuck alone. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I mean, he probably was just like, I don't know if this is actually helpful or not, but like, <laughs> I need this person to go away. Yeah. Uh, and Ko is horrible. Definitely derived again from, I think, Japanese animation things. There were so many things that looked like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ko. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, like, the Jorogumo in Japanese mythology. Mm. That's, like, the spider woman. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, like, obviously it has a lot of different, you know, ways people have looked at it. But that generally, yeah, is just, like, can shapeshift into a yeah. beautiful woman, but is also kind of a spider. And, like, mm-hmm. obviously Ko, you know, his voice sounds masculine. But the default face, I use air quotes there, that he used the most was definitely more on the feminine mm-hmm. side. But even mm-hmm. then, it was still, like, a little more neutral. But yeah, yeah. but I, like, immediately was just like, oh, that's, like, that mythological yokai. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it means. It probably translates. It's like Jorogumo. I don't know if that, like, translates to anything, probably. Well, Kumo spider. Yeah. Uh, I looked up some information about Ko mm-hmm. and a lot of the faces that you see in this episode are based on no masks oh, okay oh cool yeah so no is a type of japanese theater yeah um right like that first face is a no mask mm-hmm. i thought like, of that no as like yeah like this natto mm-hmm. brand <laughs> like what looks <laughs> like the freaking natto brand oh yeah <laughs> i'm sure it was all derived from like the one no mask so. <laughs> it does <laughs> yeah 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 Oh, wait, sidebar, the baboon spirit I just saw was, um, one, he actually comes back very briefly in another episode. Oh, did not know that either. But he's voiced yeah. by Mark Hamill. Oh. That's funny. I didn't know that, so that was funny. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ko, who would have gotten their face stolen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I would not have survived. Uh, yeah, I would also probably get my face blown because spiders are fucking oh. nasty, as we've determined. I would just be like... <laughs> we've discussed. Yeah. yeah. 
as soon as the shot where we don't fully see Ko yet, but it's just like the legs hanging <laughs> there, I mean, it was just like, I wonder how Abby felt when she first saw like this shot. <laughs> yeah, because like Ko is like a little yeah. more like a centipede, but they're still very like arachnid. I don't yeah. know. Oh no. Yeah. Like, hell no. Yeah. I mean, the second he like showed up in front of my face, I would have screamed. I Yeah. That'd be it. It's over. Yeah. It was really funny because when I was watching, mm -hmm. on the one hand, I was like, oh, obviously I know Aang got through it. Um, but mm -hmm. I feel like if I had just been watching and he wasn't the main character of the show, I mm -hmm. would have been a little concerned. But then I was right. like, oh, but also, he also is a monk. So like. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> True. Like Cora would have fucking died like in a second. <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess Aang theoretically has the proper like the Zen Buddhist yeah. monk thing going on when he wants mm -hmm. it to be. He can like turn it on mm -hmm. and off. I never thought of that. Because right. I was just like, I know that he gets through this because he's Aang. Yeah. But I was like, when they were like, Aang, you have to yeah. not show emotion. I was like, that's gonna be so hard for him. He's so emotional. <laughs> when when yeah. the time comes to no, totally pull is. through, he does. So yeah, like we we know because there's three other mm -hmm. books, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It's like you know he's gonna make it through because he has to, yeah. but like the tension is there, yeah, um, yeah, and it really is like freaky. Ko is freaky looking, yeah, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Ko is such like a good villain, and again, it's like it's cool when we have these characters that kind of dip in for like a brief moment, right. but at the same time, it it really was one that I wanted to see more of mm -hmm. yeah I almost expected it to be this huge part of the episode too I was worried that Ko would keep him in the spirit world longer but Aang kind of just yeah. popped in and out and was like okay <laughs> yeah mm. he was <laughs> yeah I mean if you think about it Ko was actually very helpful he gave Aang all the information <laughs> that he needed and then he just yeah. walked out the tree I was like, okay, yeah. like it's over. Let's see. I guess he technically, like, he passed the test. Man. He was respectful. Wow. And asked That's how our nicely parents expect and us to didn't show life. any emotion. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> also, shout out to oh, Heiwei. Made an appearance again. So cute. Little panda moment. Yes. Yay. He did. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And he screamed at that monkey. <laughs> that was funny. He like turned into like his Evangelion mode. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like don't you funny. dare talk about my boy Aang that way. Oh my god, that was so funny. I thought it was interesting too. I was like, oh, hey bye can just send people in and out of the spirit world, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I like bumped on that a tiny bit because it was like very convenient, but also I, I, I totally mean, understood. True. Technically, Heibai was doing that when we first met them. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Taking people into Fair. the spirit world. But somehow I didn't think about it at that time very much. <laughs> yeah. And now to see it here, I'm like, oh, is this just like a Heibai <laughs> special power? Like, yeah. Could be. He just like breathed on Aang. Yeah. Because even when Aang got sent back to the human world, or like the physical world, I should say, you know, he's like, oh, my body's not here. Yeah, and I yeah. felt like they set that rule up so many times. I feel like mm. this is the part where it's like, okay, we've it's built us up to this moment. Aang's here, his body's not here. Like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? And then literally, he just like, boop, and he like sparkles away. Yeah. And I was like, right, he didn't have to go me. try to find it as a spirit. Yeah, even though he did the first time when he was in the spirit world and he was walking around. Yeah, 
Yeah, I did think that was kind of convenient. Yeah. I was like, how nice that he shooting stars over to his yeah. body. I was like kind of irritated, but also again, it's like there was so much in yeah. this episode. It really wasn't the time for like that kind of thing. Right. But it was you really like the issue it. for me. Again, it was just like you set this thing up and then like It didn't really matter yeah, it didn't, it, it, that his body wasn't yeah. there. So it was just like kind of funny where it's just like maybe they had intended for it to be more. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I don't know where like the co thing came from, where it's like, I remembered, of course, I remembered co being from season mm -hmm. one, but I didn't mm -hmm. remember that he was in the season one finale. I feel like I thought mm -hmm. he was like one of the like earlier more fillery episodes almost like I forgot that he had been arguably like this really crucial part, yeah. like the plot moving forward. So it was kind of funny where mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, like, I wonder who thought of like, what if he has to go to this random monster? Yeah. Like, Aang had a proper like whole mini side quest in the middle of this yeah. episode, you know, like he talked to the monkey, he talked to Roku, finds Ko, defeats Ko, goes back, shooting stars back. That's a whole yeah, lot of shit in minutes. like, right. you it know, however long, Amazing. like what, seven minutes of screen time or whatever it, it, it amounts to be. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's really impressive. So I get why they would quick, like need to have Haybai just shoot him back and then he just shoots back and right. Yeah, right. like because that stuff doesn't help the important plot at the moment. Right. And they definitely needed a way, too, for sure. Tara, Sokka, and Yue to see where Aang's body yeah. was. Although they could have, if they wanted a different way for Sokka, Katara, Yue to find them, mm -hmm. they could have had them just spot Zuko's, yeah. like, super obvious trail in the snow, maybe. I know but it, it got broken snowing. up by all the ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm like, the wind was blowing and it was, like, blizzarding out. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would probably get covered up pretty quick, the tracks. Mm. right yeah and also if, i guess if they were on Appa and they were like higher up it might be harder or easier i don't know mm -hmm. yeah but yeah but in any case like they chose what elements to like shorthand yeah you know and it yeah. makes it a better episode yeah speaking of shorthand exits r.i.p Han. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god got, got it like just a just little blip off the ship like yeah that was so funny yeah, I had watched this episode several times. And, like, I guess every single time prior to today, I had missed it because it was just so quick. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, he just jumped out the shit. That's crazy, Commander Chow." Yeah, it's and funny he's, like, that they spent so dead. long, so much like setting up Han in the episode I before know. this. And he only amounted to like 0.2 seconds in this episode. <laughs> just like casually toss him off yeah. the boat. Ira just shakes like... his head in disappointment. Like, come on. I feel like... some better effort. Yeah, At least like... the Zuko lover some effort. Oh I feel like um, I didn't think about before watching it now for the podcast. I didn't think about whether or not he died. But then last episode when we were talking about how they did those like close-ups yes. of people's faces like these people will leave our tribe forever i was like oh so han's fucking dead oh, like he's I dead about that yeah because like you know paku it's that he's going to the southern water tribe like too little too late yeah. but whatever yeah. um and then han is tossed off a ship into arctic waters yeah. like wearing like, yeah, armor. like heavily armored <laughs> yeah and uh and Yue sacrifices herself, yeah. so there you go. I was like, wow, he's, like, actually dead. Yeah, the least graceful mm -hmm. exit. A lot of people die in this episode. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, I, like, yeah. kind of felt a little guilty because I had a moment when Aang went, like, full kaiju, and mm -hmm. all he was doing was, like, pushing the ships back, 
I yeah. kept thinking in my head, like partly more from an animation point of view, but also just like as like a vindictive asshole. I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. it would have been really cool if there were like just these shots of the ocean with the ships, and then like the ships just got like pulled underwater. And they, like, you know, he just, yeah. like, collects them and drag them. Like, I'm like, I want to see that. And I was, like, mm. out for blood on behalf of, like, Tween Law and Aang and everybody else. Because, like, oh, again, like, Dao was such a good villain to hate. Like, mm-hmm. irredeemably so. Yeah. But, like, Aang is such, like, a pacifist that, like, even in this ultra-powerful mode, he still, like, was, like, kind of nice about the the violence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people died, yeah. but not not as many as could yeah. have. Um, what's funny is I was watching it. And I was like, oh, th- that whole scene where he combines with the ocean spirit and starts going through the Northern Water mm-hmm. Tribe. I was like, wow, this really reminds me of, like, the Passover myth. Oh. Because, like, the Water Tribe, um, people all were, like, bowing down. Mm-hmm. And then the Fire Nation's fighting back. And then he, like, knocks him out. Yeah. And then... I went on the Avatar wiki and they mentioned that where they were like, it's like the Passover oh. myth. I was like, aha. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rugrats, um, for teaching me about Passover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Because girl's not Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like not a one-to-one like, <laughs> thing, but I was like, oh, like it gives me that kind of vibe because the people who worship, in a sense, this spirit know that they should bow down and respect yeah. it and then the enemy people get all right. taken out yeah oh apparently the crew so. the the kaiju is called spirit of the ocean and they would refer to it as koizilla <laughs> yeah definitely getting some yeah. Godzilla vibes yeah yeah some rampage vibes yeah mm-hmm. i feel bad because i feel like this moment was honestly not ruined by any means, but it was almost like the first thing I thought when I saw it was the scene from Ember Island Players of like the little, like the actress oh. just like stepping on stuff like, yeah, hi yeah, And just like, I was just, just like, God damn it. Like. It's the first time you get a sense of the power of mm. the Avatar spirit. I forgot about that. Scene. No, I immediately was just like, like mad at my brain for like, just like jumping to it. Even just, like, the way it was, like, shot, like, him going into the water in the pond and, like, going under the water. Like, it was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. So like, cool. Everything about it yeah. was so, yeah. so well done. Mm-hmm. This show is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it really uh, is. I mean, in general, I feel like anytime Aang's eyes glow, and, like, that just with the music, the way the music swells yeah. uh, is always like, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, like, the Avatar spirit, like, voices. Yeah. Like, it's not over. Like, it's really chilling yeah. just to hear that multitude of voices. Mm-hmm. And, you know what? Not for nothing, that reminds me of, like, the Prince of Egypt. The the voice of God in that film is, like, the burning bush um, is, like, mm-hmm. the representation of, of God in this movie. And its voice is, like, a hundred different voices speaking all at mm-hmm. once. So, like, yeah. you saying that, like, immediately made me think of that. Also, you just mentioned Passover before. Um, oh. Yeah. But I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, that's really cool. Yeah. It's cooler than it being, like, one, you know, deep manly voice or whatever the hell. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it makes sense because he's, like, channeling all of his past lives. Yeah. Right. In that moment. So that you would get all the voices. Because yeah. they're all in there. Uh-huh. It's, like, a pretty, like, crazy concept. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. Honestly, when When they, you, like, stop and think about yeah. it. Yeah, and, like, for me, when I think about it, even beyond just, like, what, what it is, 
mm-hmm. still am like blown away that this show like because this show definitely has like religious undertones totally. to it um and like you know on top of spiritual and you can argue where like the differences are between those two mm-hmm. like for a kid's show to be willing to dabble in like eastern religions and mythology and like spirituality is like <laughs> i'm like i feel like this would have a harder time getting greenlit today despite all of the diversity mm-hmm. talk that we see mm. um so it's like it's always amazing that this show happened and then it was like executed in what feels to be like how they actually intended it to be yeah yeah oh man such a cool episode everyone kind of knew what they needed to do as well yeah i think there was a lot of like the the prophecy for like ua's fate Mm -hmm. and kind of like cycling her life back into the earth and then her dad acknowledging that he knew that this day would come yeah i was like that's such a complex thing to that was sad to like unpack yeah yeah and, like, when you think about it, too, like, she just turned 16. Yeah. yeah. So she's so young, and she had to deal with, like, making the choice to yeah. sacrifice herself. Mm-hmm. I hadn't remembered this until I rewatched it, but it feels like mm-hmm. it's not even something that she realized herself. Like, she didn't even realize it until Iroh pointed it out. Put the idea and out there, it yeah. It was, like, immediately, like, she heard him, understood what he was saying. You know, he wasn't even implying that, like, she would die or, like, I, you know, he just was like, you have a part yeah. of it in you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and right away, she was just like, whatever happens to me isn't important. And, like, right. and it, she, like, makes that yeah. decision. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad, and I cried. It is very sad. You know, obviously, you feel worse for Yue in that moment yeah. because... She's the one who literally mm-hmm. has to, like, die. Yeah. Um, but I did feel bad for Sokka, too. Yeah. That's traumatic. Yeah. Very. And, I mean, we continue to see him, like, work through mm-hmm. it moving forward. When she turns into the moon spirit, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting that her, like, sort of character model, once she's the moon, was definitely based on uh, the moon goddess, uh how do you pronounce this? Chingu? Chinese moon goddess, which I know because of all the times I looked at pictures of it for reference when I was making flyers for the moon festival oh. for Chinese culture club back in the day. Yeah. She was definitely based, based on that, that. image wise. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Sailor Moon, like not even to be a dick, <laughs> like actually, sincerely. Um, cause she's Did got- she look like Sailor Moon? Well, if anything, I feel like Sailor Moon, there was probably like you know, like, she has so many Influence. dresses and things. Yeah. Where it's like, she was probably influenced. The woman who created Sailor Moon was probably influenced by the same thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really sad. It was cool because it's, like, obviously she had part of their their spirits in her, but then it's still, like, to see, like, a human, like, promoted, I guess, enough or, like, you know, worthy enough to ascend as, like, a spirit. Yeah. It's really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was just sad. Because, yeah, she was so yeah. young. So young. And I feel like I had forgotten, too, that they they set up her backstory, like, very quickly in this episode. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I almost feel like I would have liked it a little more if they had found a way to sneak it in earlier. Agree. Um, yeah. Because it felt a little too much like, oh, wait, before this random thing happens, like, before they accidentally, like, deus ex machina us, we have to just mm-hmm. quit get this little bit of, like, set up. And it would have been easily solved. Just someone was just like, oh, like, your hair is so beautiful. You know, yeah, even, like, right. Sokka, like, you know, he, like, touches her hair, and he's just like, oh, it's beautiful. Why is it like that? Or, like, your hair looks like mm-hmm. Starlight, Sophie. I don't know. Sorry, I was quoting <laughs> Castle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree, because I forgot that she gave the her backstory yeah. in this episode. Like, in my 
memory happened in the previous yeah. episode. Um, right. Or like at least with a bigger gap yeah. between mm-hmm. explaining it that been she... more satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Because yeah, then they cause... would bring it up, Ira would say it, and then we'd all have that moment like, oh my god, that's right. Yeah. 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 Instead of having heard about it like 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. And that makes sense because that's why... I don't, I don't remember if, like, all of us were frustrated, but, like, I was personally frustrated in the previous episode when a lot of the, mm-hmm. like, time that she spent on screen was lamenting on the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you could have elaborated more why it's your duty or, or give more backstory as to why you're, like, harbored mm-hmm. down to this. It's because, like, yeah. you're the fucking right. moon spirit. Like, that would have been good to know, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, one episode ago, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that's one of those things where, especially nowadays, like consumers are just a little more savvy about like the kind of setup and payoff. Mm-hmm. So then for it to happen in the mm-hmm. same episode, it's just like a little too on the nose. Yeah. 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 And it's like we had the privilege of of spending a, an extended period of time with these characters. You know, most of the episodes are like one location, you meet a character, right. done, maybe they cameo. But, you know, but like we were here for like several episodes yeah. and we were invested in her. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like there were definitely opportunities to like have that like little bit of backstory to slot it in a little earlier. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it have made a difference though if we watched it back to back? Well, these two episodes were aired together. Right. Together. Yeah. But I, I feel like it still would not so, be the same thing. I feel like even though they were aired together, if it happened in the first episode, there would be still be more time, even if it's just like twenty mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. In between when you find out and when it becomes right. relevant yeah. Yeah. to the plot. I feel like even at the welcoming feast, like when she was sitting there with her father, and when he says that, oh, she's 16, she's of marrying age, even if he said something that was just like my daughter who was blessed by the moon spirit, just like just something... To, like, set yeah. it up a little bit earlier. And then Sokka could have been like, oh, so, like, what did your dad mean? And she would have, you yeah. know, touched her hair and been like, oh, I was very sick as a child and my parents prayed and, like, the moon spirit blessed me. You know, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know, she and Sokka spent a lot of, not a lot of time, but they spent some alone time together in that right. first episode. Yeah. So that could have been prime setup yeah. time. Yeah. Just in general, this episode, I think my main problem with it is that this little chunk of backstory comes after the moon is already in danger. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Like, oh, what's happening to the moon? Everything's red. What are we going to do? And then she's like, yeah, I wonder. By the way, I owe my life to the moon because... <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which... It's one of those things where if we knew this information about her before and then had enough time to sort of forget about it by being swept up and like, oh no, what are they going to do? How are they going to get out of this yeah. one? Yeah. By giving it to us after we already have the problem right there in front mm-hmm. of our eyes, yeah. it's sort of mm-hmm. like, well, this is obviously going to be what right. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like less bothersome where another example of this sort of setup happening in the same episode, but I think it's not as big a deal. Like Zuko mentions his sister. Yeah. And to be fair, mm. we've seen Azula before. She wasn't named right. and we didn't know what the connection was. I think you could assume, mm-hmm. but like you still don't officially mm-hmm. know. But then this episode, he mentions he has a sister. And then right. at the end of the episode, we see the sister. Obviously, like, it didn't have any impact on the plot. Uh, you know, it wasn't, like, the same issue, but it was, like, the same type of thing. Right, right. Um, yeah. hmm yeah. And, like, it happens, but, you know. Again, I felt like they had enough time to, like, sprinkle it in a little, little, little earlier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's true. They could have hinted 
in some small ways to Zuko having siblings before this. Yeah. Even just in really small ones that maybe could even be misinterpreted. Mm. He could have more of his angsty comments to Iroh being along the lines of like, you know, I was never the one who got lucky or whatever. Like, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. There were enough times for him to have, like, his emo monologue. Right. Just to throw it in, like, little details, just enough so that it's not, like, when all of a sudden he's like, you're like my sister. People are like, what? Sister? You know? Yeah. Just something Mm. like, oh, that's what all that stuff about me not being the person who did this or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a kind of a jokey sidebar, um, mm-hmm. I was very proud of the show when they mentioned Twee and Law, that they immediately just were like, push and pull. I was like, good, good, <laughs> if you're going to do Don't that, anybody. like if you're going to name shit, yeah. It's not just like, Miko, what does this mean? And he's just like, literally this. <laughs> Where it was still that, like make no mistake, but they said it just straight up in the episode. They explained. Yeah. Oh man, Twee and Law. Yeah. So that also made me wonder, this isn't something that ever really gets explored more, but when they mentioned that these mm-hmm. two spirits, the ocean spirit and the moon spirit together are Twi and Law, mm-hmm. um, they kept mentioning how these spirits had physical forms. Um, but I don't think none of the other elements have that situation. Yeah. Because the other ones, the bending was just mm-hmm. animals. So it was like, it's just like mm-hmm. an interesting setup is all. I don't really have like a point so much. It's just like, oh, it was interesting that like they had to have a physical presence in the world, I guess. Was that, um, was that the choice right. of the spirits? Was that what they were explained? I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I think that was, the I feel like it was implied. Yeah. Where it was like a long time ago, they entered the, they crossed over mm-hmm. into the mortal realm. Right. Yeah. Right. And I feel like Zhao said something like that. Like, they chose to give up their, like, immortality. immortality. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of like, but why? Yeah, like, I why? think that's what, where I was going with that, mm-hmm. too. Where I was like, I don't understand the benefits of this. Yeah. I mean, who are we mere mortals to... Uh, <laughs> to question their choices. Understand the spirit's thought processes. <laughs> that would be something that I would have been okay with them even leaving a mystery but then explaining later i don't remember if they do i didn't actually i know very little about cora but um any sort of hints about like what the benefits would be to living in the mortal realm as opposed to the spirit realm there's not the spirits are like you know it's nice to be a spirit and all but we don't feel emotions like i don't know something like that yeah no i feel like that's the thing too it's like that kind of stuff some of that is explored in cora but like those specifics like there's no benefit or not for the spirits that are in the real world and vice versa Mm -hmm. for me it's just like twee being like the moon spirit and being the one that like if they die all water bending ceases to exist where it's like that doesn't sound something where you want to be mortal Right. capable of being killed and then your entire arc that you invented gets extinct or whatever um this doesn't impact the episode or anything and it doesn't make me enjoy it less but as like a meta thing i was just like why did they choose this yeah the spirits were having their ariel moment <laughs> you know they wanted to they be, wanted to be part of this war. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no. they probably also didn't think any human would be arrogant enough to try to like Touch That's them. Fair. Yeah. It was a different time. Only Momo yeah. and Zhao. <laughs> Only Momo, Momo and Zhao. Momo, literally Momo fears no man. <laughs> Momo wanted to eat them. Like, yeah. 
That would have been another great setup moment. Like, Mama, wait, you can't. Those are the moon spirits. And you know what happens when the moon spirits. <laughs> no, what if Momo, Momo ate the knew. moon spirit and then Momo has to sacrifice his life? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, Momo, a part of the moon spirit lives inside you. And then he burps or something like horrific. <laughs> oh my God. would not be very happy with that. She's like, really? Uh, this, <laughs> this flying lemur destroyed the earth and now I have to. Yeah. Save humanity because this guy was hungry? Like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess only Ko knew the situation. Yeah. Ko was nasty. Yeah. Super nasty. Yeah. So now, technically, Twee doesn't exist. At, like, Twee is dead. Yeah. And then, so it's now, Yue is the moon spirit. So mm-hmm. now, Yue lives up in the moon? Or up in the or is whatever, she spirit where she lives? But the, fish, but the fish is still the, there? But the fish is still yeah. there, so she's like... I guess she has a physical fish body. Maybe, yeah. Like, I wonder um, if Twee were to manifest in the way that Spirit Yue does sometimes, yeah. like, what they would look yeah. like. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe Lot decides to change his form as a fish. So Sokka's girlfriend fish. did not only turn into the moon, she also turned yes. into a fish. I think that is what I have no idea. the situation. Yeah, I don't know. Is. That seems yeah, that seems like what Saka would be made important. out with the moon. But like, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, arguably, maybe Law could change shape again. Yeah, you saw like in the spirit world, and I think it said it like on the wiki as well, pointed it out. But a lot of the spirits have bodies that look like animals. Mm. Yes, I feel like basically all of the ones we've yeah. seen. I guess Ko is technically a type of insect centipede thing. Yeah, he's like a weird gross centipede. Something, Something I would never want no, to meet. Nope. Never. It was interesting to see not to bring up asshole. And not even talking about Zuko, mm-hmm. talking about Joe. <laughs> um, but it was like he did have a moment of hesitation before you know, he like put the fish back yeah. in the water and then he like looked kind of scared and he looked like he like psyched himself out and then he just like yeah. did it and then he just firebended at the water. And I'm not trying to say, yeah. like, oh, it looked like maybe he had second thoughts, because it was more just, like, are the consequences potentially, like, that bad, or can I still get away with it? And then he's like, I can get away with it because I'm Jow! Right. And then he did it, and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, I think getting threatened by Iroh, like, is what made him put Twee back. Yeah. But then he probably just was, like, so mad because he'd been, like, working up to this yeah. moment. so true. And, you know, it's like, I'm Jow, and I can get away with anything. Yeah. So he just roasted the fish and i'm like what would have happened if he also accidentally killed law like if ocean spirit dies like what would happen the world would cease to know. exist like would all the would all the water just like disappear like i don't know i thought about that for a second i was like what if law had yeah. also gotten hit yeah. like if there's any um spirits listening know. do not manifest yourself physically into the mortal world you're just asking for a disaster yeah so mm-hmm. yeah it's true Humans are terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, the only reason Aang became as powerful as he was was because he, like, sort of merged with the ocean spirit. Yeah, definitely. So if they both had died, everything would have just been shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the war might have ended just because then the earth was, like, collapsing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what would happen. Because I feel like if the moon's gone already, the tides are already going to be fucked up. Right. So then, like, well, how much mm-hmm. more could the ocean be messed up? Like, would all, like, the volcanoes underwater start? Or that's more earthbending? I don't, whatever. I don't know. 
But it's like the ocean yeah. spirit, just the ocean in general. It's not just like water bending. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just interesting to think about like what could the consequences yeah. have yeah. been. Yeah. And definitely like Aang probably still would have gone into the Avatar state. Yeah, for sure. But it's like the merging with the vengeful ocean spirit definitely is what gave him all mm-hmm. that power. Yeah. I say we didn't really get to spend any time with him after it happened either. Mm-hmm. Like usually after like something like that. I feel like they've always been very keen to check in on like his emotional, like his headspace after. Yeah. And like usually Katara's there. That's true. Um, and like she did, you know, mm-hmm. they had like their hug and stuff. But I was like wondering like, oh, because like Law was very mad. So obviously like it was a very vengeful spirit. It was straight up killing people. Um, and like for me, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like how much of this is Aang conscious for or like aware of right. what he's doing? You know, whatever, because obviously he's like a huge pacifist. Um, mm-hmm. I was like curious. I'm like, oh, I wonder how he felt like after it happened, after he woke up, or after he like realized the extent of it. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it. It's more discussed in book two, F one, because mm-hmm. it, it started auto playing on Netflix, and I was like, they probably will dive into it more because the episode ended actually on Zuko, oh, right? Yeah. Like asking how he felt, yeah. and then it like led to the scene with like. Ozai and, Az- and Azula. And Azula. Mm-hmm. So I guess they were really um, closing that out just yeah. to like be like, I don't know what's going to happen with Zuko. Because Aang is always going to be fine. He has his support. Like- yeah, true, true. I say speaking of the, the ending, like the right ending, the, the final shot, um, the camera is like filming Aang, Katara, and Sokka, and their backs are facing us, and they're looking out, and then Appa flies in. Like that was like a direct homage i don't know for sure but i have to assume again knowing that dave filoni directed it that was a direct homage to the end um of one of the star wars films you know where they're they're standing there looking outside at at space huh yeah so it's like the end of the empire strikes back has this like ending that's like it's not quite the same but i kind of immediately like i was like oh this feels like an homage to that Mm -hmm. um that's funny i i looked at it and my thought was um it was very golden trio vibes Mm -hmm. Oh, like Harry Potter. Yeah, the Harry Potter movies. I feel like several of them, especially later on, they had Harry, Ron, Hermione look out. They're like, oh, here's these three. They're together against the world that's about to come destroy everything. Yeah. But I feel like in 2005, like, what movie were we up to? We were on, like, Goblet of Fire. So, like, we weren't even at, like, the big epic ones yet. Hmm. True. True. You're right. Harry Potter came after. (laughs) Harry Potter (laughs) copied Avatar. That's what happened. Yeah, for real. Yes. Harry Potter movie six. They were like, you know how we should end this movie? We should end it the same way that Avatar season one I did. True. Man, I love that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like the only other thing we didn't talk about that I had been kind of frustrated mm-hmm. watching was, it wasn't even that I was frustrated, but when the, the actual fight between the water tribe and the fire soldiers, mm, I yeah. kept getting angry because... I was just like, when the people are there and the tanks are there, I'm just like, can't you like melt the ice that they're on? And just like, mm. and then I was like, maybe that's like a higher level. They like kind of would like sink the snow in more and then they trap some of the tanks. Yeah, they did that during the full moon. Yeah. It was just like interesting to see them fighting because I get like trying to not have one element be like more overpowered than the other one. And I guess like mm. there's an argument about what kind of techniques are like master benders where it's like Paku was the only one who could use water to cut steel. And like, mm. that made sense. Like I wasn't going to question that, but like there were things where I was like, couldn't you just like do this? Like there's snow all around them. Or I was like, I feel like they could be doing more, but like I, I get like, it can't be too one-sided. Guess, yeah. And it could be a question of like 
endurance mm-hmm. and like how much effort it takes to do yeah. something and there's so many fire nation soldiers mm-hmm. i guess as like an explanation for oh, why yeah, no. it wasn't more one yeah and i wasn't like faulting the episode yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like the second the full moon was out they were like destroying everybody yeah. right um, and even though I hate him, I was like, oh, wow, Paku's doing, like, a really good job. Oh, yeah, he was so cool. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I still think you're an asshole, but, yeah. like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> the master's still a master. And it was nice to, yeah. Yeah. For real. It was nice to see him exactly. acknowledge Katara at the end, too. And, mm-hmm. like, set up that element of, like, her being Aang's new teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that made me think either Katara just picked shit up a lot faster than Aang. I was like, did Aang just start cutting classes, like, halfway through? <laughs> I think so. That, like, he's not at the same level as Katara. She's a prodigy now. Yeah. Good for her. She is, like, very powerful. I've seen people be like, oh, it's ridiculous that she became that powerful that fast. But I'm like, you know what? Like, Mm. why not? (laughs) Like, just why not? And, like, we don't know how much time passed. Right. Between when she started the lessons and when everything yeah. happened. Yeah, and she seems like the type who would, like, I mean, she always was, like, sneaking out and practicing more on her own. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, Cole always would point out, like, scenes in episodes where, like, she'd just be, like, a background character and, like, she'd be there just, like, twirling something or just practicing some movement or something. Yeah. And, like, she wanted so badly to yeah. waterbend that I feel like she would put in, you know, 110%. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all the I feel time. like that's the thing, like, that not to bring up Harry Potter again. I remember, like, for us as kids, it would always be like you would kind of get mad at Harry and Ron for like the whole thing where like they never want to do their homework and they never wanted to like practice stuff. And it was just like, you're at magic school learning fucking magic. What the hell is wrong with you? And everyone's like, oh, that's like why Hermione's probably the way she is because it's like Hermione was like, you know, had no idea this stuff existed. Right. Neither did Harry, but still. Obviously, I'm referring to, like, cool magic classes and not, like, the history classes and shit, but whatever. Yeah. School is still school, though. Like, I did not do shit in school. (laughs) Even stuff you were excited (laughs) to learn about, though? I never studied anything. Mm Hmm. That's so sad. (laughs) I didn't want to. Like, I liked the aspect of learning in the classroom, but when it came to do homework, no way. Like, and practicing? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Like, I feel like for me, when I was in college, I took, like, a Asian film class, and then I took, like, an animation history class, and, like, Mm -hmm. I still, like, think about those classes all the time because they were so Mm. fun, and I, like, wish I still had, like, the essays that I wrote for those classes, because, like, I remember just, like, going to town, like, having to write an essay about, like, Mononoke and stuff, and I'm just like, I don't know where those Mm. went, and they're probably really bad, but I'd still like to read them. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I only really liked the things that I was, like, good at from the get-go. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) those are the only things I put effort in. So, like, Japanese. And then I took, like, a class about English grammar and I, like, kicked its butt. So I actually tried. (laughs) Me and Nicole sitting here, like... But it was... I can't really... (laughs) Well, I was just like, that's cool and all, but I love studying 30 minutes before an exam. Or I would love to write a paper an hour before it's due that's like literally how i function hey that was me literally anything I literally everything else is that. don't worry <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah i don't know if anybody has anything else about this episode that they want to talk about i like when ja was explaining his plan iroh was like what yeah, like, the like the horror time. slowly creeping on his face just like slowly he's like i've found information about their physical bodies oh he's God. like what huh 
over the scroll. What are you talking about? You know, shout out to um that Katara just absolutely destroying <laughs> Zuko in point two seconds. Oh my god! Yeah, number number seven slash two of Nicktoons <laughs> best moments in history. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I think what's so funny about that is he's like we said before on death's <laughs> he's, doorstep. He's, yes. And then he like challenges a waterbender during the full moon a Terminator. in a tundra. Determinator. <laughs> I saw there's someone drew a really funny comic where it's that scene, and then when she like throws him up into the air with the snow, he's like, snow is water. Like he didn't know. Act first, thing later. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh, and then Ang saved his life. Yeah, he did. Yes. We didn't talk about that. I mean, there's not much to talk about. It's just like no, Zuko's know, a dumbass, but... and Ang is aware of that. Much to Sokka's dismay, he's like, yeah. I guess. But I thought I know Sokka's like. Sokka's like we should just sure, let's him. Save let him die. I don't yeah. trying to kill us or whatever line that was. But I thought, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that both Aang and Zuko tried yeah. to save their enemy in this episode. Mm-hmm. That's true. That was um, a nice parallel. Yeah, Aang a lot more successfully. But that's more that <laughs> Zhao Zhao refused the help. Though I don't know what Zuko could have done True. against the hand of the ocean. Yeah. I mean, that scene also, just like we said, how Zhao knew that Zuko was the blue spirit. It was like, mm-hmm. he definitely could have just basically yeah. destroyed the rest of Zuko's life if he had survived. But Zuko still tries to save him. Whereas I feel like it was sort of setting up almost in direct contrast to our new, newly introduced character Azula or... I feel like she's more the kind of character who would have been like, mm. well, better strategically to just let him die. Yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> act first, think yep. later. I don't think he's the kind of person to think about how will this benefit yeah. me the mm. most? Or like, what will benefit me the most? He just goes, goes, goes. Yeah. I actually really do like that ending scene with Zuko where Iroh's like, so I'm surprised you're not chasing the Avatar right now. And mm-hmm. Zuko's just like, I'm tired. And I know it's yeah. like depressing because he's de- tired because he's depressed as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and because Xiao would rather die than be saved by Zuko and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I always found that a very powerful scene. I feel like uh, many times in the past, I would think of that scene and be like, man, it's too bad that my therapist doesn't know fandom <laughs> shit. So I can't just be like, I feel like Zuko at the end of Avatar season one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a very nice like yeah. he actually just listens and lays down a man needs his rest takes a break yeah. he needs it he does need him yeah yeah and it is definitely obviously as we were saying sort of ending with zuko is sort of sets up his future a little bit mm-hmm. where we're like this has been the zuko chasing ang arc mm-hmm. <laughs> not actually over though <laughs> not <laughs> like <laughs> not not that zuko has necessarily stopped chasing ang but it you know, it, right. it soon his circumstances are about to change. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. All right. In that case, I say let's do this episode's MVP. Mine's UA. That's it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Mine is also UA. Yeah. <laughs> I picked Aang. Yeah, I was either gonna pick. I was between her or yeah, Aang. Same. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been said why for both of those. Those guys. Yeah. Reasons. Like because, because, because. If you know, you know. <laughs> I, if you watch the episode, you'll know. 
I feel like same thing too. Uh, uh, we probably already said everything, but the favorite favorite moment or quote that sticks out for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like, you know, we talked about all the big things, but one line that I just thought was really funny was when they go and pick up Aang and Sokka's like, this is good quality rope. I, I, <laughs> I caught that. I was like, okay, Sokka. You know what bothered me about that though? He cut it. He cut it. I and know. then he was like, it's quality rope. I was like... If you think you can't it's such use quality it now, rope, why don't you just untie it so that you can reuse it? Uh, he's thinking ahead. He's like, look, we still have a fucking journey before. Yeah. But I was like, Sokka, where are your priorities right now? Like, but he like cut it, so it's not even useful. Lower quality. And then they rope. tied Zuko up, and I'm like, with what rope? Yeah. Is it like his and own? And then Zuko rope? cut it up, Zuko cut it up even more. When he escaped. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that was really But anyway, <laughs> that was, that was, was my... Cut, they couldn't make very good knots, and that's how Zuko got out so easily. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Cut the rope yeah. in half. I liked, uh, I liked Sokka's snarky commentary. The rope. Like, do we really need to rescue Zuko? Yeah. Or, like, Zuko's gonna be oh, fine. Nice. Like, what are we worried about? He hasn't gotten very far. He's dragging it Aang across the tundra. Like, Yeah. My favorite moment was... Uh, Again, the when Aang was in like the pond, and mm. right before he goes mm-hmm. full like Koizilla, whatever. This is mm-hmm. like cool because I like I like Aang like super jacked up, yes. with, like with spirituality, jacked up with spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm now I'm imagining like super buff. It's non toxic masculinity. <laughs> and I just I know we talked about it right away, but just the way the entire way that this episode looked cinematically speaking mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. like the lighting, the way that they would only get colored when there were flashes of light and like things like that. And also beyond the lighting and coloring, little things like how in the spirit world they had this sort of like this feel like they were like skipping frames when he moved or something mm. to make it that extra sort of magic y and Obviously, like you just said, when he goes and he just gets sucked into yeah. the pond, all all those things were just, they looked really awesome. Yeah. So mm. that was definitely my favorite thing about this episode, I think. It's just the way it looked. Fair. And then I know this episode's running a little long, but since it is the season one finale, we thought we'd just quickly mention, like, if we had, like, a favorite character slash if we had a favorite episode from the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a favorite character where it's like, I mean, for me, Aang is always my favorite character on this show. Um, but on this rewatch, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Sokka definitely grew on me a lot. Yeah. So, like, Sokka was, like, an unexpected delight rewatching the yeah. first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but always, always gotta go with my boy Aang. For but, sure. like, also, it's not a good job. For me, it's also Sokka. Yeah. Didn't expect to like him as much as I did. And I think, like, yeah. consistently, he was always my favorite character in every episode. And I also have a favorite episode, too. It is mm-hmm. the King of Omashu. Loved that whole episode. Boom. Yeah, I think it was really fun to, to record mm. that one, too. Because there was a lot of, like, comic relief. Yeah. Um, first yeah. Cabbage Man appearance and, like, the man coughing. Like, <laughs> it was a good episode. So yes, really man that. coughing. Yeah. <laughs> For me, my MVP and my, like, favorite character are different. So I think my favorite character, not to, like, literally the same, it's Sokka. Like, my favorite (laughs) character this season is Sokka. Mm -hmm. I kind of came into this expecting to like Zuko the best again. And I do still love Zuko, but I'm like, oh, no. Like, Sokka stole my heart a little bit. Uh, But my MVP is definitely Aang, because I just feel like he goes through so much and, like, does so much. I don't know. 
I feel like I have to give it mm-hmm. to him. And I guess for my favorite episode, not to be like super mm-hmm. predictable, but it's probably the storm. Yeah. Just because I feel like we got to see, you know, about both Aang and Zuko's backstories and like what brought them to where they are like, yeah. in this moment, but also like Very mentally. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my favorite might actually be the deserter, mm. which is like why but I, I feel like it's the one that like gives me a lot to think about mm. where it's like i mean it's annoying because i feel like that was one of those episodes where like ang annoyed me a lot um but like i don't know like i feel like i'm like looking at the list right now because i'm like oh i have no yeah. idea um yeah yeah but it's like the ones you guys mentioned were like yeah we're all like really good yeah and nicole um yeah i'm gonna for characters i'm gonna just copy you guys i mean yeah Sokka. it's it's gotta be Sokka, right like he's <laughs> I feel like he was my MVP most often in all the episodes from season one. I was not expecting this, but Mm -hmm. it happened. I don't know. Yeah. He was just consistently great uh, throughout the entire season. Yeah. I mean, but but I do do also agree that MVP should kind of totally go to Aang too because, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little like unfair. (laughs) Yeah just copy but like yeah, yeah i mean it's true it's true he he went through yeah a lot and that was something that i think i didn't necessarily mm-hmm. appreciate the first time i watched this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that i saw more on this rewatch that he has so much put on his shoulders um that he kind of struggles with mm-hmm. and then tries not to show too much how much he's struggling with it he seems to try to try to be cheery but like true he's got some heavy stuff yeah yeah I don't know about a favorite episode. Um, I think that if I look back on my memories of doing these past, you know, 20 episodes with you guys, I remember being very like, wow, that was a really good episode after Jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I feel like I like hesitate to call it my favorite episode, I know you but mean, I think though. it was a very good yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's it too, where it's like, of course, when we say favorite episode, it's just like, we can each have a completely different take on what that means. Right. Where I was going right. to say, like, I was going to say, like, the two, probably the two most fun episodes for us to record were probably Jet and The Great Divide. Because, <laughs> like, you know, because, you know, obviously it's, like, it's more fun to shit on stuff. And it's, like, we had a lot of issues, like, with the narrative of The Great Divide. And, like, we had a lot of fun debating Jet's character and Jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like one of the episodes I liked was also King of Omashu yeah. because it was unexpectedly right. fun to me like I wasn't I was expecting this to be like oh yeah some weird episode yeah and then it was hilarious yeah. so yeah it was definitely fun to constantly have my memories kind of corrected or or just like you know yeah. I'm a completely different person right. and then so it stuff that like I might have found too childish when I was a kid as an adult now I'm like oh this is so cute and charming right right yeah Definitely. Or like also, oh, like Bato the Water Tribe, like with the, that one, that was a lot. But again, it's like, I remember like, oh, Bato, like, oh, I don't care. But then I'm like, oh, all this stuff happens in this episode that I forgot happens in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Very cool. Yes. Good job, Book one's done. Yeah. We did it. And thank you all for listening, future CEOs. (laughs) (laughs) Continue shooting for the stars. (laughs) Climb that corporate ladder. <laughs> oh uh, I might we, cut that. Keep Popeyes, <laughs> listen to Lemonade House and become a CEO. We <laughs> add Popeyes account and help us get sponsored for season two. <laughs> and we're in four. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. At this point, I guess I do the ending. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> this has been Pod Sing Say, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Join us next week when we will discuss the first episode of season two and the start of book two, Earth, with chapter one, The Avatar State. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye!